There's times when I'd say if I'm under pressure on a photo shoot, um, this isn't the, the main story, but if, if I'm on under pressure and someone like Slingshot says to me, right, we're going to fly you out to Maui and you're only going to be there for a week and, you know, we need this shot and this shot and this shot and we've got to shoot with this person and blah, 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 and we need pictures of this and that and, you know, there's all this stuff you've got to get within a week and then sometimes it might not be windy for a few days and then you're, you're under a lot of pressure to get the shot, but you've got to try and be creative at the same time. Um, which isn't that easy when you're under pressure to get specific things. So I would say, you know, when I'm under that pressure, I find it hard to be in a state of flow at all. Um, it, it's running around like a headless chicken just trying to do your best and trying to deliver the product. Um, and you know I, I do it very well but I wouldn't say I'm in a state of flow when that is happening um, but if someone gave me the same amount of money and just said go away for three weeks or a month to wherever you want and take these riders with you and just shoot when the conditions are really good then that's when I enter that state of flow when I'm just being as creative as I can put no one on my back giving me pressure. I'm sure it works differently for every person, I guess. Some people work well under pressure, but um, no, I, I would say I don't. Certainly not creatively anyway. Uh, I'd, I'd say that the most creative I've, experiences I've had is, is when I'm just out on my own and I'm you know, with a, a rider or two and I'm or I might be in the Namibian desert or you know, whatever it is. I might just be traveling and I've got no pressure of having to get anything I'm just basically shooting what is around me and when it happens and you know at the best time of day and the best light or whatever and that's that's when I get creative and that's when I get the best shots that I've ever shot in my life you know going back to years ago when I was I basically invented the, the kite mount shot which is loads of people put GoPros in their kites now and back in about 2001 I think it was I built a radio-controlled car remote system into my camera housing. So I was out in South Africa. We used to go out there for six months every year so I could get different angles. I used to put the camera on people's boards. I'd put them in the lines, and I'd, I'd shoot from the beach with a remote control um, and a fisheye. But it was a real heavy piece of kit. It weighed five and a half kilos, I think, this lump. Yeah, and I, I basically thought about somehow strapping it into the kite but thought it, you know, it could be dangerous. It's got to make sure it stays in there, otherwise it could fall on the guy's head and kill him. Yeah. So, you know, I, I devised a way of with kite lines and stuff and gaffer tape and whatever else to, to get this thing in the kite. And yeah, I got these shots, and they, you know, they ended up going all over the magazines. And I was the first person in the world to do that. Yeah, kind of got a name for myself within the industry for for doing that kind of thing. And. I guess it's, you know, maybe it's going back to that sort of childhood state where you're just, you're playing basically, you're, you're doing what you want to do and you don't have any pressure, outside pressure and you're just sort of, you're free basically um, and that's probably when I get most creative when I'm just free to do what I want. The, the state of flow within my career building, as, you know, as a business was the first time it happened was when I, I started shooting kite surfing back in 1999. And I was learning to kite then as well. 
I would put it down to the fact that I was just doing, again, probably doing what I want to do. Everything suddenly was accelerated. It, it, it didn't happen slowly. It happened very quickly. And it almost seemed like I wasn't putting much effort in. You know, I'd go out, take some pictures, send them to the mags, and then the next thing, you know, the magazine's asking me to be star photographer. And then within a year, or, no, within six months, I think, they then said they wanted me to be photo editor. And then the World Tour asked me if I wanted to be their photographer. And, you know, there was all this stuff just suddenly happened over a period of about two years. I went from being someone who was just learning to shoot the sport to one of the best kite surf photographers in the world. Uh, you know, it was almost, almost had to pinch myself that I was getting paid to do that job and that it had all happened that quickly. And I think when that was happening, that I felt like I was in a state of flow that, you know, that it was just, it was this effortless, amazing ride I was on. Of just, unfortunately, I got made redundant <laughs> from the magazine at one point because the, um, the kite surfing industry took a dive. And all the advertisers pulled out for magazines, and there, there wasn't a lot of money in the sport for a few years. So I got made redundant from the magazine, and then a lot of my work dried up. So I felt like that that had suddenly been crushed. You know, that dream and everything else. It it went from being right up here to right down here very quickly, which was a shame. Um, and I kind of didn't know how to get it back. You know, I struggled for a few years. I got a bit depressed. Yeah, luckily I sort of decided to put myself in the same situation that I'd been in when it all started. So I just thought, right, I'm going to save a chunk of cash and I'm going to go and do what I did when I started. And so that's what I did. I went to Indonesia for a month and I just went and shot a load of pictures. I didn't expect to be paid for them. And I went out, we had some of the best conditions ever and I got some amazing remote control, like, camera board shots, I had the board on, on the guy's, sorry, the camera on the guy's board when he was in the barrel, kite surfing in Indonesia in the waves. And Where was that? Was that Lakey Peak? Or? Lakey Peak, yeah. Lakey Peak. And, you know, I got this picture of Ben Wilson that ended up on the cover of SBC, and then basically every, then the phone started going again, you know, and they're like, oh, we didn't think you were shooting kiting anymore, you know. I said, well, yeah, of course I am, I just haven't had any work for ages. And, and the ball started rolling again. And it kind of hasn't stopped since, you know. I, I've got my job back at Kite World, not as photo editor, but I'm, you know, I'm their senior staff photographer now. I've tried to keep myself on that, whatever you would call it, on that level of just continuing that that lifestyle. But also got into shooting movie still, and that's just through contacts I've known in the industry over the last sort of fifteen years of doing odd jobs on movies as a like a stand-in and double and stuff. My my career's just suddenly gone from being right at the bottom to just it you know shooting on a 150 dot fat 150 million dollar movie and then suddenly i'm on a michael bay film who's one of the biggest directors and producers in the world and i've got an agent now who's the best agent in hollywood and it's like you know i should be on another film pretty soon and it, it just feels like that state of flow is is happening again you know and it's like i'm on this kind of roller coaster ride of something that yeah, I'm almost having to pinch myself that it's that that's actually happening, you know. But it, it's probably because of where I put my state of mind at the beginning, of, well, not just the beginning, but now as well. But how to explain how I get in that state of mind is is difficult, other than the fact if you're just chasing your dream and 
really just living the life you want to live. Try not to let anything get in the way of that. Yeah. So that yeah. that kind of event is a, a single event, you know, where you, you know, I'm guessing you had some spare time and you were in the right context and you kind of grabbed an idea from here and then you grabbed an idea from here and built the creativity and the thoughts and the and then just kind of went for it. You know, that kind of um, moment, A, leading up to it and B, actually doing it, you know, sounds like quite an amazing flow experience where one minute you're sitting there going you know what happens and the next minute lights are on you're sh and you're shooting you know the best shot you've ever shot how did that kind of a feel you know and b what kind of what do you feel helped get you into that space where you you were able to have that creative space and and ideas come together i've put myself in a place where you know where the conditions are good, and that you know there's there's opportunities to get photographs like that. So it's I think you know part of it is is being in the right place at the right time. But you know you you choose where you live and you choose where you spend your time and whatever. So but I think that's that's the first thing is kind of putting yourself in that place, and then you know I guess I've not got the pressure of being asked to do a specific job because I'm free to do what I want you know to, I've got that clear mind space to be creative and what typically gives you that clear mind I imagine you go through days where you know you wake up with it and other days where you you kind of almost actively have to manage it and other days where it's just you know it's all a bit hectic anyway it's probably just Putting yourself in a place where that where there's no outside pressures. What does that space kind of feel like, and and how do you feel that you you get there more frequently than other times? Well, I mean, when I'm in that space, it it it, it feels like there's like there's no effort, and I I don't really think about what I'm doing with the camera. I don't think about the settings too much. I mean, I'm I'm obviously doing all of that, but because I've been doing it for so long, it just kind of I just kind of do it, you know, and it's it's not like it's it's like everything slows down and everything just feels like it's coming naturally to you and that you, that there's no effort involved, you know, and well, yeah, mentally it just kind of yeah flowed. I guess it was. Um, I, I just I don't know. My my head keeps coming back to this idea of you know playing and doing doing what you love and. Because that, that for me really gets me in the right headspace, you know, is, is just following my dreams, doing what I love, doing a, doing a job that doesn't feel like a job because it's my hobby as well, you know, and it's, it's not like I thought one day I want, I want to be a photographer because I can earn money out of it. I just, I was already a photographer but not professional because it was something I loved doing. And it just all kind of fell into place. Um, that feeling of freedom is just doing something that I love, uh, and uh, I I guess that gets me in that headspace. You know, that space of flow is because I'm just kind of it's almost like being a child. You know, you're just free to do what you want. You're playing around and pretty much, you know. No, it's great. I mean, first and foremost, I'm just um, trying to extract 
you know, your flow experience, you know, and um, typically everything you're describing describes that 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 flow state. So you know, being playful, being uh, the mind just kind of shuts down. You're kind of doing everything almost on autopilot. Um, I'm not kind of aware of it, but not actively, consciously attached to it, and and an effort yeah. and effortful doing it. You know, everything kind of feels effortless, and and that creativity just comes because there's just a, a kind of space where that action and awareness almost kind of merges, and then you come out and you're like, wow, that was pretty cool. Um, you know, and what you're saying about putting yourself in a place that you love to live and in the right conditions and doing all of that, all of that lends yourself to be in that creative space where the mind's free from that pressure to do what it what it wants and loves to do, right? Um, and it's typically when, you know, where most people spend their life, where that pressure kind of comes in and the mind just kind of starts to play games and interacts with the ego and, um, and then the kind of self-destructive scripts and automated scripts that don't serve us so well kind of take over our lives rather than being in that place where you wake up and go, what do I really, you know, want to do today? And you're in an, an amazing job, in an amazing career where you love what you do and you can approach a particular shot or even in your spare time, you know, you can kind of go, what would be, you know, a really good idea? Is it sitting in the top of a tree and, you know, taking some ad hoc photos of, of, of observing particular situations or jumping in the water or whatever? Um, you know, you've got that space, you know, physical space as well as time space, which kind of transcends, I think, to your kind of mental space. Um, and that's what, uh, you know, so many athletes look for during those times of pressure, you know, and that's, I guess the skill of getting into flow is when that pressure rises is maintaining that, that space that you talk about and that freedom to then still be able to completely let rip and play within it, despite Mm. everything that's happening. Yeah. I guess I'm able to do that when I'm still, you know, maybe it's not as much, but, you know, you're, you're, as long as you're doing something you love and something that that really, like, flicks your switch or whatever you want to call it, then I, I feel that it's a lot easier to maintain that, even when you're under pressure, you know, because you're you're doing this thing you love and you, you would be doing it anyway even if you weren't getting paid for it. And it was the same when I invented that kite mount shot back in 2001. It was, you know, it, that was almost even more of that flow situation because it was, you know, I was inventing this new shot that no one had ever done before. And I went back to my childhood when I used to um, make radio-controlled cars. And because I knew how to do that, you know, I thought, shit, you know, maybe I could build one of these remote-controlled things into my camera housing and be able to press the shutter button manually from a remote control. And it wasn't like it had never been done in the world before as far as taking a remote control shot. And no one had ever done it in the kite. So, you know, it's... Uh, but I didn't know what I was doing with the remote control. I just had to make it up in my head. And, you know, I went to this local ready control car shop in Cape Town. And, you know, I was just getting really into what I was doing and trying to 
figure out with the guy in the shop how I could build this remote and you know, buy the smallest little parts that that were possible to use to get fit everything in the housing and and you know, and then it was about trying to rig this thing and get it in there safely and try and get it in there and get the right angle and um but there was that excitement of the fact that no one had ever done it before. So, you know, it was, it, that was a real flow experience. And it was something that lasted probably weeks because we, I had the idea over a period of a couple of years. And then when I was there, I started to try and realise that idea and, you know, spent probably a couple of weeks trying to buy the right equipment, get wait for the right conditions, the right rider to, to do it with me. And, uh, you know, and then finally... You know, and then it was a trial and error thing, you know, because the, the rider couldn't ride very well with it in the kite because it was so heavy. And once he dropped it and it ripped the kite to pieces, we then had to take it all apart and put it in another kite. And, you know, but then when I got the shots back from the, because it was on film back then, you know, when I got the shots back, I just couldn't believe what I'd got. And then it was just, you know, it was this whole state of wow kind of thing. But again, you know, when I was doing it, it felt effortless. It felt like I was putting a lot of effort in, but didn't feel like I was because I was just doing something I enjoyed so much and putting all these bits together of my experiences and, and just trying to, you know, trying to create this thing that no one had done before. Which I guess is what athletes do when they're trying to break a record or they're, they're trying to do something. You know, someone's trying to do a snowboard trick in a half pipe that no one's done before. You know, they get their head into that space and think, right, I want to want to do that, but I want to change it a bit and trying to, you know, and they probably don't know if they can even do it, but they're picturing it in their head and, you know, and, it's, and then they try it and then they nail it and they're like, and everyone's like, holy shit, you know, you just did something that no one's ever done. And it was that kind of feeling for me back then when I did that. And I, just thought it, I guess it's just, but again, it, it was about, getting down to those uh, primitive or whatever you want to call it, you know, sort of childish feelings of just being free, doing what you want to do and just working something out in your own time and in your own headspace. Yeah. Obviously, when the pressure is, it's harder to, to come up with those things. But then when I'm under pressure now, I can use my experience of what I've learned when I'm not under pressure to get those pictures. Um, you know, if, if I'm now on a shoot years later for a company or whatever, and they say, oh, you know, we want this kind of thing and that, then I can throw something on the table and go, well, have you thought about this? Or, you know, how about we do that? And and it's something I don't really have to think about too much because I've already done it in the past. And But it's offering them something they've probably never seen before. And, you know, so, and then you end up impressing them and then they talk to people and you get the next job and, so those those two stories are for me flow experiences because they're generally it's a, it's a psychological state that you have in a particular moment so to speak rather than kind of spanning years etc one of the main principles of flow is that the challenge is actually quite high so mm. your if your skill level's here if the challenge is equal to or slightly above that's kind of where flow exists the challenge is down here or if the challenge is up here you know we become bored or we become over anxious etc so that um you know in, interestingly you know both of those two experiences you've had with the horse it was a shot that's never been done before 
right? You know, there's there's a challenge there. And typically because you're looking at that in a playful, creative sense, that challenge becomes an excitement and it becomes a challenge. And similar when you're trying to devise this new shot, you know, again, it's never been done before. There's a huge challenge there and level of complexity. And like you said, there's a lot of effort going in as with the horse shot. Um, however, everything's happening, you know, as if as if it's effortless because that kind of state of challenge you know, gets that body aroused, but doesn't yeah. turn into anxiety. If that makes sense, you know. So our our senses heighten, but we don't get that kind of mental anxiety that's like, oh fuck, well what if? And oh my god, the pressure, 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 which often comes with the job, you know, where because it's goal outcome focused and it's money focused and you know the pressure comes on and actually all those pressure cookers that you get with work could become exciting flow opportunities because you've got that challenge and like you just said previously adapting those kind of playful approaches to that situation is um you know i guess a challenge an ongoing kind of occupational challenge for you to try and find flow within those kind of strict time yeah. constraints and um you know and pressured demands but um yeah they're two two really great examples